0: Amen. Well, Living Word Church, welcome this morning. If I hadn't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Pastor Nick. I'm the senior pastor here at Living Word Church, and it's an honor to share from the Word with you. It's an honor to have been taking this summer journey with you. If you've missed a little bit of where we've gone this summer, I want to encourage you. We have an app, uh, Living Word Church app that you can download. It has so many different things on there from the sermons that we've been walking through to the calendar that we have going ahead. You can see it right up on the screen. When you type in Living Word Church, uh, type in the NJ part because that'll get you uh, a direct filter to our stuff. There is no other Living Word Church NJ. There's plenty of other Living Word Churches across the country, uh, but there's none that put the NJ after, so it kind of makes it easy for you to search. Two amazing, cool things that uh, for many of you, I don't know how many how many uh, podcast people we have out there. Anybody Anybody enjoy some good podcasts? Um, if that's you, uh, let's give it up for our technology team and, uh, and them. They have, they've set it up so that we now have a podcast on iTunes and on Spotify. And so if you're a podcast person, go ahead and subscribe to that and you'll get your messages downloaded onto either your Android phone or your Apple phone or any other device that you might have that you're using. Uh, and so go do that. The other thing we wanna challenge you to do is on our YouTube. Our YouTube is what we use to stream live on Sundays if you can't make it. Uh, One of the cool things, and we're just looking to honestly take advantage of it in a simple way if we get a thousand subscribers on there, right, YouTube actually begins to provide money to us for having our sermons up there on YouTube, which I think is pretty cool. Amen? And so do me a favor share it with people. Ask them to subscribe to our YouTube page uh, because it is going to help bring in finances that will help us improve our sound. It will help us improve our video, and and it's a direct resource that we can have literally for just posting up our Sunday sermons. Amen? And so if you get a chance, even if you don't know what I'm talking about, like, what is YouTube and where do I go to do this again? Very simply, if you go on YouTube, get a login, sign in, or ask your teenager how to do this. All right? (laughs) Amen, amen. Amen. Let me pray for us this morning as we enter the word this morning. Well, Father, we simply just say thank you. We say yes and amen to your plans, your will. Lord, we understand that as we open up the word of God that you have a a word for us today. We understand that you desire to speak to us each moment, not just weekly. We understand that you desire to commune with us. Lord, not just monthly, not just weekly, but hourly, God. Lord, this fall, as we begin this journey, Lord, whether it's a new school year, a new work opportunity, whatever it may be, we thank you, God, that in your name you're with us. We surrender to that, God. We thank you so much for what you have planned, and we ask you that you would be with us to and through it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. One thing I want to remind you next week, We're going to have baptisms, water baptisms next week. Uh, Yeah, amen. If you're here today and you've never been water baptized or you've never seen one, don't miss next week. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, we're going to have a unique service next week with a lot of fun and a lot of different items. And one of those things is going to be our water baptism. So if you're here today, come see me afterwards uh, or see Tricia, one of the two of us before you leave. We've got a couple people signed up as of uh, today. We'd love for any any anyone else who maybe hasn't heard the announcement over the summer. We'd love to get you connected uh, to go ahead and be baptized next week. Uh, the second part of next week is going to answer the question for some of you that may have been here for a while and you're just like hey how do I get plugged in where can I serve how can I help and so what we're going to do is within the context and we're not going to keep you any longer than you normally would be would be here for a Sunday morning uh, but next week we're going to worship we're going to have water baptisms and then we're going to have a small opportunity where I'm going to challenge you to go into the different parts of this building and get connected with our ministries and our teams uh, so you can not only know what's going on around here but be involved with what's going around around Amen. All right. Let's jump in today. If you haven't been with us, I'm going to just summarize our last series. It was a three-part series that we went through called, Will Somebody Please Tell Me the Truth? And the one point that I thought kind of just summed a lot of it up was this. Your level of obedience must match your desire to see God move. Your level of obedience must match your desire to see God move. Many of us live in a place where we continue to ask God for an expanded version of him. Amen? We continue to ask God to do more. We continue to ask God, God, I want more. God, would you show me more? Would you speak to me more? Would you help me do more? Would you help me achieve more? But we don't move and we expect him to move. Come on. And so there's this struggle in the truth of our journey with Christ that we have to begin to own it. We have to begin to own our journey, to own our walk, to own what's happening, because it's extremely important. If you're going to be a part of this church this fall, I want to challenge you. We are not just going to stand here and just share fluffy sermons that is going to make your heart feel really warm and welcoming, and you're just going to leave and go have a great lunch and have a wonderful week. I'm being honest with you. You're going to want to find a different church. The reason is, is because I believe the gospel is alive. And I believe if the gospel's alive, then every week that you're here, every time you're listening or interacting with the presence of God, the word of God, the authority of Christ, you should be transformed. Yeah, and so as we do so, I was reading through and actually tomorrow I'm going to get a chance to be with uh, Pastor Tim Eldred. He's a, an evangelist and pastor at New Beginnings Church in Michigan. He's going to be at a retreat that I will also be at And he said it this way, I just thought this was just so perfect, I was like, let me just copy and paste what he said here in his quote, because I believe it's the heart for this fall and you understanding where we're going in our messages and where I feel God is leading us. He said it this way, I'm not going to try to be cute or clever to get your attention. Neither of us have time for that noise, and the next generation doesn't either. So if you're ready for real change, lasting impact, let's get serious. And that's what I ask you today. Are you ready to get serious about your relationship with God? Are you ready to take what you feel is the current status of who God is to you and see God launch you into a different place? We have allowed for many of us, even those of you who've been in church for many, many years, God is just God and I need, you to, I need to challenge you, you are beginning to just minimize who God is by saying God is just God. God wants to be a bigger God to you today than he was yesterday. God wants to do more, he wants to speak more, he wants you to have more, meaning more of him, not just material things, come on now, it's not about that, it's about having him as the key resource to your life that nothing, nothing would be added that's not according to the will of God today. I don't want you to just have a better you, I want you to have the real you this fall, Not just the comfy, oh, I want to be a better version of Nick. No, 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 do me a favor. Set the bar a little higher than I just want to be better. Would somebody join me in that? I want to take myself from a regular place to an uncomfortable place. Because it's in that place of uncomfortability that I can now grow, that I can be more like him. The cross wasn't very comfortable if we reflect on it. But it brought us life, salvation, and eternity in Jesus' name. I say it to you this way, nobody has the right to change your destiny. Nobody has a right to shift where you're going. Only you and God control that. The covenant with you and God is very simple. It's a two-part deal. He does his part, you do your part. Come on now. And so I want to just challenge you, do me a favor and evict the enemy from your life today. Tell the enemy he can't rent space anymore. Tell the enemy in the places that you've been struggling with that he's just not allowed. I'm sorry, there's no more room here for you because God is going to fill it all. I promise you, because listen, and I, I want to walk this out because for us, sin, mistakes, failures, falling shortcomings, these things lead us to a place where we're almost too guilty to come to God. And I want to challenge you don't forget, he's right here. He is present, he is with you in your failures. And he wants you to repent and walk away from those failures. Come on. And so why would you think in the midst of your mess he runs from you? If he wants you to walk in a way that would reflect him, then he would do best by being closer to you. But the Bible makes the action so clear. It says when we draw near to him, what happens? Come on, say it loud with me this morning. When when we draw near to him, what happens? That's right. There is an action that happens. There is a very simple, practical, biblical point that when you choose God, he chooses you. And he continues to not just choose you, but he chooses to work through you and to reach the world. I want to challenge you to take ownership of your relationship with God this fall. If we want to see the supernatural, we have to begin to live supernaturally. So many people say to me, Pastor Nick, I, I, I believe miracles can happen. I believe God can do certain things, but I, I, don't, I, I don't know how to see that happen. And I just want to kind of give you two bits of advice. Number one, it's not you who make miracles happen. It's a great simple reality. You do not make miracles. God is the one who to you and through you can do miracles. We get it twisted. God doesn't need us. He wants us. There's a big difference there. He doesn't need us. He wants us. And he wants real relationship with us that when people like us and me and you who walk around this world, we would be a living, breathing lighthouse for all those who may look on. And they might see genuine relationship and they too may desire that. I often heard it said many times this way, that revival, right, supernatural change, revival happens when God is so sick and tired of being represented, he shows up. Revival today, and revival in many of you who've grown up in the church, is a word you've heard for decades, but in most times have never seen. I think there's a problem in our church history if we're looking back, And we don't remember the last time a salvation or a baptism happened. Come on now. And the reason that we need to look at these things is because the Bible says, by your fruit, right, you shall be known. And so if the word of God is present, if the Holy Spirit is moving, that means there's going to be regular people flowing to and through these doors that are going to need his love. And I'm asking you this morning, are you going to be a part of that journey this fall that when somebody walks through those doors, they find Jesus and not want to find another church? Come on now, somebody. Are you going to be a part of that for someone? Are you going to be the person that when they've been searching, that they've been looking, that God has been working in them? You see, we often don't understand because we're selfish in our nature that God has been doing a work in somebody. And he has most often hoped that we would be the one willing to be ready when that person comes and asks. When that person shows up and they say, and they don't got it all together, they don't know how to speak the right way, you know, they don't know the Christianese that you speak, they don't know the, the, the same things that you might, but, but they just kind of ask you about this Jesus guy. Come on now. Are you ready? And I'm not just asking you are ready, but are you willing? Come on. Are you willing for God to use you in this season in a powerful way? Because I promise you this, if one person in your week, whether here, or out there, gets impacted for eternity, that is a miracle, and that is revival in their life. Supernatural change is revival. And what happens in the study of revival, if you do one, you'll understand that some of the most well-known revivals were many, many groups and regions of people who came to know Christ in mass quantities. Thus, this area used to be like that, and now it's full of believers. But I ask you to do me a favor and not just maximize revival to be this big showy thing that might get news attention, that might you know, cause one of the channels to come here and see. I want you to value the fact that there is somebody that would come in Living Word Church and find Christ for the first time because revival happened in their life. I want you to value the fact that maybe somebody has been walking through so much of a mess that they know they can't get out of it themselves, but because you stood in the gap, because you said something, because you prayed with them, supernatural change happened in their life and they found Christ because of your obedience. Am I talking to anybody this morning? The word of God is alive and active, amen? Hebrews 4.12 says it as clearly. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. I'll take you back to the very simple idea That many of us don't ask God to forgive us or walk with us or come nearer because we feel the way we feel. Maybe you feel ashamed. Maybe you don't feel worthy. Maybe you just don't feel like God's very happy with you right now. I want you to hear what that last line in that scripture says. Everything is uncovered. Excuse me. I'll start a little bit before that. Verse 13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Come on. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. You know, so many of us do not go to God with it because we're afraid of what he's going to show us. And there's two parts to that that is okay and not okay. You should not stop yourself from going to God because you feel ashamed of the current life or the status of the way you're living. That should not happen. That's not biblical. But number two, right, as you're looking in this portion here, right, if you're ready to grow, right, he's ready to show you what? Not your failures, not your shortcomings, not your mishaps, not what you don't know and don't have. Come on now. That's not what he's going to show you. You already know those things. Amen. What he is going to show you, okay, is that you are blessed and highly favored. He's going to show you and remind you that you're a child of the king. He's going to show you that you are beautifully and wonderfully made. He's going to show you the specific gifts he's given you. He's going to show even for many of you why he created you, what he created you to do. He's going to reveal to you how great and powerful of a God he is. And in this point this morning, as I move on from it, I want you to hear me say it so clearly. Do not let the shame, the disgust, the fear, Feelings and emotions of where you are today stop you from going to God because his door is wide open waiting for you. Amen? Amen? Jeremiah 33, 2. You can read it up on the screen with me. This is what the Lord says. He who made the earth. The Lord who formed it and established it. The Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do Not know. I love to say this, and I've heard adults say this as I got older. I heard other people say it, but if you guys could put up the one point I have here for you today. uh, There's many times I've heard people say it as simple as this. You don't know what you don't know. There are so many times that we walk, and how many of you got like that light bulb moment in your head? Amen, right? You got those moments when you're like, oh, that's... That's what you meant by don't do that. (laughs) That's why you told me not to go there or stay there or think that or live that. Oh, that's kind of the moment I'm talking about right in here today. We don't know what we don't know. But the scripture does tell us. And the reason I want to share this with you is because I feel like many people in their walk with Christ, they ask those questions. Well, Pastor Nick, how do I know it's God? How do I know what God really has for me? You know, I got bills to pay. Come on. I got things I have to do. I'm passionate about that, Pastor Nick. And I sit back, and for me and my personal life, and I want to challenge you to do this, please do me a favor and don't just tell that person what to do. Here's why. You may not fully understand how they got to where they got that day. Do me a favor and let the first action or reaction that you have when people ask you God-fearing, leading questions, ask them if they've taken it to God. And let them explain to you, have you taken this to God? Have you laid this at the foot? Have you taken some time to shut your door, to write it down, to pray it out? Have you taken time to ask God? Because I promise you the answer I have for you pales in comparison to the one that he has. And so would you do me a favor this fall? Would you allow the people around you to grow with God more than they do with you at first? And would you then be the person, as Scripture says, that you would then sharpen one another, that you would be there to encourage one another, to provide accountability for one another? In Jesus' name, amen? I often put it this way. Can you imagine, how many of you remember Blockbuster Video? (laughs) Any Blockbuster videos, right, in five points over there, right? How many of you remember that? I used to hate when mom would say, just one game, You got to bring it back in seven, like seven days. I got to beat the game in seven days. Yeah, for those of you that play video games, we used to have to rent it. Beat it in five days or whatever, or, or pay like $90 a day extra because you returned it too late. How many of you had them, remember those late fees, right? I got to be honest, maybe my, as my mom in here, she might not be, and she might be preparing stuff, but I hit a few games when I was a kid, and then like two weeks later, she gets that uh, communication, because there was an email, I don't think, right? Uh, ma'am, uh, Miss Ann, we want to let you know that uh, NFL football is missing, And uh, you owe 50 bucks because it's five weeks late. And I'd hear the footsteps. (laughs) Where's the video? I I don't know. And she'd look, and there it is, and I would get in trouble. But how many of you can feel me this morning? You understand? So my point in sharing that wonderful story with you is this. I often wonder when we walk into the blockbuster video of heaven that God would then be able to show us all the times of all the moments that he just wanted us to be obedient that we weren't. And not just because, and I want you to follow this, right? This is not a guilt point. This is a challenge point. Not that we would look at this and feel bad, but that we would be able to see the moments that if we were obedient, then God could have done this through you. I want to help you in your theology because I said it before, right? God doesn't necessarily need you. He wants you. And there has to be a value in wanting to be used by God because that's what you were born to do. You were born to walk with God and talk with God and be like him. But there are these moments that we constantly forfeit. How many of you can go there with me this morning, right? We purposefully you look over and you, you talk to your spouse, right, or you talk to somebody, maybe your best friend. You go, listen, I know I'm Christian, man, but this is my line. I'm done. Come on, <laughs> right? I'm going to tell that person how it is. I'm going to act like this because this is what has to be done right now. We live in the Northeast. This is how we act. Come on, somebody, right? You got people down south like, what is wrong with those people? <laughs> but I ask you this morning, and I want to challenge you, don't settle for what you think you deserve, Because his grace and his mercy want to provide so much more. You know, a lot of us put a real hard shell out. We put a big front because of how we live, the area we live, what we do for a living, etc., etc. But if we were really being real and we kind of put down those walls for a minute, we are the same broken person as the person sitting next to us today. We're flawed with this disease called sin. And unless God steps in, we're going to be a mess. And I want you to have that reality this morning because I want you to see that that's the blessing of the body of Christ. The blessing of the body of Christ is that we would walk together and talk together and pray together and live together. And I promise you, I just wrote it very simply this way, I promise you it's worth it. You see, so many people, I feel like when they look at their personal relationship with God, they say, Pastor Nick, why is it worth sacrificing all these things? I feel like since I've come to know Christ, I've had nothing but stress. I've had nothing but chaos. I feel like ever since I stepped into this position or or I accepted this or I kind of said yes to you, I feel like my world is now crumbling whereas before it was kind of just steady. I want you to understand that Scripture makes it so clear that the battle goes beyond what we can see, church. And if we're living a ho-hum life, I promise you the enemy ain't paying no attention to you because you ain't doing nothing. The enemy has limited resources. He is not all-knowing. He is not all-present. You're tracking with me this morning. And he's not going to waste his resources of distraction, of deception, of stealing, of killing and destroying. He's not wasting them on some ho-hum person who just says, I like Jesus. You know, the person that he's going after is the person who is actively trying to destroy his kingdom. But my Bible tells me that the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. But we have to guard our arrogance. Because when we're outside of God's will, will, we're outside of God's cover. Come on now. Don't walk around like you've got it figured out. There's too much gray with God in my head. And I'm not willing to tempt him. I'm not willing to play around with what I believe is a valuable life in Christ. And for some of you, I want you to receive this very clearly this morning. There is small sin, simple things, that you continue to allow to remain in your life. And because you've just, you've done real well, you said, you know, Pastor Nick, listen, I am twice the man. I'm twice the woman I've ever been. I, I am so much further down. I am so, but do me a favor. If you were real with me and it was just you and God in the room right now, there's that something. There's still that little thing that you've allowed to hang around. And I want you to just remember all the analogies you've shared with people. At those little seeds, they grow to be very big trees. And what we have to guard is against the things that we know are not of God in our life. And the things that God clearly shows us, and he says, listen, do me a favor. I know that this relationship, that's a nice boy or that's a nice girl, or I know that this looks right or this decision looks like the nice job because it offers the salary you need, but but I want you to understand six months from now, it's just not going to be what you're looking at today. Come on. You see, you need God's wisdom, his direction, his discernment to understand from the beginning that that is not a seed you want growing in your life. But you've got to own it. You've got to take ownership of your journey. You can't keep renting space to the enemy and then kicking them out when God shows up. Come on. These are your decisions. Ultimately, even your life. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Worship team, if you join me this morning. 1 Peter 2, verse 11, says it this way. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles, to, d- to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of wrongdoing, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. When I say the battle goes beyond what you see... I'm talking about this idea that in the confusion of why all of a sudden with God in the picture is things more chaotic. I'm pretty sure when Jesus, from the moment he entered, as he walked down the city road, come on now. The last bit of outward peace that happened was the people just praising him with the palms, amen. From there, it wasn't such a party. It was the exact opposite. But he entered that so that we would fully understand that we have salvation, that we would begin to understand the works of mercy and grace in our life, the idea that we would would have what we don't deserve, right, and we would be spared from what we deserved. Come on. That's the kind of God you serve. That we would have what we don't deserve and we we would be spared from what we deserve. Come on now. Verse 15 in 1 Peter 2. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. How many of you like to use the word shut up? Even though we tell our kids, don't say that. That's a bad word, right? Thank you for being honest. This is one of those stop talking kind of passages. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. I always tell people as simply as this, freedom is a choice. I dealt with anxiety very, very much so in my, young, my younger, young adult age. And I understood that when I was free from it, that it was God who did come inside and give me the choice to stop fearing what I feared. Come on, are you with me? I'm being literal with you today. He gave me that choice. He said, showed me. I said, God, I don't wanna live like this. Help me. And he showed me where the root of my anxiety, my anxiousness came from. And I literally gave that to God. And you know what he gave me? He gave me momentary peace, but he gave me secondly a decision that now had to be made. Come on. Are you never going to get on a plane again because you're afraid? Are you never going to take a drive again because you're scared? Are you never going to enter a relationship again because of what happened? Come on now. Are you never going to do these things again? Because if you do, I want you to know, Nick, that you've become a slave to that now. And whatever that emotion and feeling tells you, you're going to do. But if you choose freedom, if you choose peace, then you will make decisions in that peace in Jesus' name. You see, God didn't make us to be robots, and we often forget that when we ask him for freedom. We forget this physical aspect that he looked at you and he said, walk away and sin no more. He didn't physically take sin out of the woman's life in that moment in the Gospels. He just told her, I want you to know that whatever bound you whatever held you back, whatever was stopping you, whatever was happening in the war for your life, I want you to know that I, your God, am victorious today. You are no longer slaves to that. But if you choose it again, you're going to be slaves to it again. If you keep walking back into those lifestyles, if you keep making decisions as so, if you keep giving in to and bowing to your fleshly wants, I promise you, you will be a slave to those things. But if you choose God, he will lead you. And you will be led by the presence, the power, and the authority of Christ. Why? Because freedom is a choice. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to challenge you this morning as we go to choose freedom. 1 Peter 2, my closing passage for you this morning is this. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him he didn't retaliate. When he suffered he made no threats. Instead he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the overseers of your souls. My very last challenge to you before you go this morning is to please stop using other people's actions as an excuse to compromise your life. If the compass of your life is directed by people, I promise you, you will fail at some point. If the compass on where you're going is Christ, I promise you, you will find victory in the end. I know the road looks very narrow. I know the road to destruction is described as very wide. And many people walk on it and walk through it because it's easier in their mind but if we're being real with God this morning it's time for us to make a a decision how serious we are to see God do something in our lives because if you make that decision today you're going to affect not just yourself but generations to come you think about all the families all the individuals in this world who've heard the gospel I need you to understand that this fall it needs to be your heartbeat that people wouldn't just know God that they would experience God There's a lot of books out there to be read. There's a lot of things to be told and absorbed. But I promise you in my personal life, there's one thing that anytime I doubt, anytime I worry and wonder, that always draws me back to the heart of God. And that is the constant presence and power of the Holy Spirit. I may not get God. I may not fully understand God at times. But his presence reminds me that even in my confusion, even in my mess, he is there in Jesus' name. You received that this morning, church. We're gonna worship to close this morning and our staff, myself, would love to pray for you today in any way, shape, or form. If you're here and you don't know Christ, do me a favor. Don't walk out those doors today. Come on up. Give me a chance. Give us a chance to pray with you. If you're here today, and you want somebody to agree with, agree with you in your freedom, then we're here to do that as well. Lastly, as we go this week, do me a favor. Intentionally put something in your life that is gonna cause you to take your relationship with God more seriously than it was when you walked in here today. Because we are on a mission with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you that the word of God is alive and active. Lord, I pray that you would show us, reveal to us, walk with us right now. And Lord, I just pray that you would literally, in this moment, you'd bring freedom to those who need freedom, God. That you'd bring peace. You'd bring understanding. You'd bring the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, Lord, right into each and every person who needs you right now, God. Lord, I pray this week we would be intentional to draw closer to you, God. Lord, we're ready. In the words of the prophet, God, we say, here we are, God. Send us. Send us, God. Send us into the world where the broken, the hurting, the lonely, where they await us this week, this day. And may somebody, Lord, this day, today, this Sunday, tomorrow, Monday, may somebody each and every day come to know you because of somebody in this church, God. May we see revival happen in people's lives. And, Lord, if you would see it to spread to many, 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 and it would affect this region, then yes and amen. We're just telling you we're ready, God. We want you in a fresh way. We thank you for those who are going to get baptized next week, God, as they literally stand there and declare how good you are and how much they want you in a new way, God. We thank you, God, for what you've done, for what you're doing, God, and what you're going to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, all God's people said. Amen. Let's give God a praise this morning.